This evening I'd like to look at a scripture in the book of Genesis. And uh, chapter 25, I believe we will start out here. And maybe we'll ask, uh, we'll be talking about a, a Lord changing name of an individual. And of course this is in the Old Testament, but does it mean anything to us uh, in the New Testament? So Genesis chapter 25, and uh, let's start in verse 21. And Isaac entreated the Lord his wife, uh, for his wife, because she was barren, and the Lord was entreated by him, and Rebekah his wife conceived. And the children struggled together within her. And he said, If it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be born of thee. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. And when her days were to be delivered, were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red all over like a hairy garment, and they called his name Esau. And after that came his brother, and his hand took hold on Esau's heel, and his name was called Jacob. And Isaac was threescore years old when she bore them. So... Uh, here we have the birth of Jacob and, and Esau. Uh, and uh, in verse 23, it says there's, you know, there's two nations there, and it says the elder shall serve the younger. Now, there's two nations, but also there are two individuals uh, as well, there was a person called Jacob and a person called Esau, so we don't want to lose sight of that. Yeah, they were going to be two nations and quite different, but uh, they were two individuals. So we'll be looking at that, and uh, he said, the elder shall serve the younger. Now that's contrary to the way things had been. It was always... The elder you know, would be the ruler. The elder was even the priest of the household before we had the Levitical priesthood. But here, uh, the Lord told them that the elder shall serve the younger. So, let's talk about the younger for a moment. His name was Jacob. And uh, The name, there, there's a lot, well, all the names in the scriptures ha have significance, of course. But his name, uh, well, there, <laughs> there, it's, it's a, uh, not a nice name to name someone. I, I had the thoughts of Johnny Cash and, and uh, the song Boy Named Sue, where he named his boy named Sue and everything. It wasn't a very nice name, but in the end, we see why he done it if we listen to the song. But Jacob means, the, the, his name from a birth, means supplanter, deceiver, liar. 
to trip up or overthrow, to turn out or displace a person by treacherous or underhanded means in order to take his place. This was his, that's what they named him. To take the place of another uh, through scheming or strategy. So that's, that's not something we'd think to name our children. A liar, a planner, deceiver. Again, that was his name not after those things happened. That was his name to begin with. So we know, uh, uh, of course, the things that took place. We know that uh, Esau was out hunting in the field one time and, and uh, didn't have much success. Of course, he was a hunter, an outdoorsman. Didn't have much success. And he came in and uh, he asked uh, Jacob for a bowl of soup. And he said, well, I'll give it to you for your birthright. And uh, which seems not a nice thing to do. And, and he said, well, I, I'm ready to die. What good is my birthright? I'm going to die here anyway, so my birthright is not worth anything. So, okay, give me a bowl of soup and you can have my birthright. Well, the birthright was very valuable back then, of course, as ours is. But anyway, so he gave him uh, the soup, and, uh, and he didn't die at that time. And then we have other times uh, when uh, Jacob and, and Esau and, and everything. And so when their father was, uh, was sick and everything... And his eyes, remember his eyes and his vision was bad. So his father said uh, to uh, Esau, and it seemed that he leaned more to maybe loving Esau, maybe. But he told Esau, well, you know, my, my eyes are, are dead. I'm getting ready to die. Go out and get me some venison and make me some of your savory uh, venison. And then I'll bless thee because you're the oldest. I'll bless thee, and then, and then I'll die. So you remember that, and you remember Rebecca overheard this. So she told Jacob, remember what his name was, told Jacob, go out and get a lamb out of the, or a lamb or a goat, and, and we'll cook it up and everything. And, and you'll go in, you'll get the blessing instead of your older brother Esau. And he said, but, but my father, I know his eyes are bad, but, but my brother's arms is hairy and his neck and everything like that. So she took the, the, the goat skin, put it on the back of his neck, and on his arms and everything. Very deceitful. But, and you'd think it'd be, well, that's more Rebecca than Esau, or the, Rebecca than Jacob, but yet Jacob's name was Supplanter, liar. So you remember... So they did that, and that was quicker than Esau's uh, killing his deer or venison. So they fixed it all up and took it in to uh, the, their father. And uh, I said, well, here it is. And remember, the father said, well, 
who are you? Well, I'm your older son Esau. That's what Jacob said. This liar, this planter. That's what he said. Well, I'm Esau. So he got a little closer and he smelled of his raiment and everything and the, and the goat skin and everything like that. He said, well, you, you know, you, you sound like Jacob, but, but you seem to be Esau. So then, when he said, you know, who are you, and uh, why, did he, why did he lie? He said, I'm, I'm Esau. Why did he lie? Why didn't he just quote the words of the Lord? I mean, God said... Uh, that uh, the elder shall serve the younger. So why didn't he just quote God's word? Well, I'm not sure I can answer why, but he didn't. Instead, what did he do? He lied. He deceived. He was the planter. That was his name. That's what was going to be. So uh, uh, instead of uh, doing that, uh, he lied and, uh, of course, he, he was blessed. Abraham, give the blessing to the younger. And you remember Esau come in later. Well, Don't you have at least one blessing left for me? No. So then, you know, there was a, a time uh, of uh, Jacob. We hear Jacob's ladder, and, and, and Jacob was praying there and wrestled through the night and so forth. But let's go to Genesis 32 for a moment. Thirty-two and verse twenty-four. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint. And he wrestled with him. Of course, this was the significance later when he would have ran from Esau. He couldn't run then because of this. Uh, and then 26. And he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, liar, supplanter. Deceiver, he said, my name's Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince, thou hast power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. So now we see him changing his name from Jacob to Israel. And that was, that was a good thing. We understand what his name meant. Everybody knew what his name meant. And, and even as he wrestled here with the angel uh, there, and he says, what's your name? You think the Lord or the angel didn't know what his name was? Well, of course he did. But there was a, 
an awareness or admission or a recognition, I guess, at that time. At this time, what's your name? Well, I'm a liar. I'm a deceiver. I'm a supplanter. That's, that's who I am. And he said, but no more. Thy name should be called Israel. Um, and Israel was a, certainly a different name. And it means uh, he will rule as God. Uh, strength, mighty, almighty, prevail, have power as a prince. And then verse 29 it says, And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him. He said, we're not here talking about my name. We're talking about your name. And your name was a liar, supplanter, deceiver. And he changed it to one that will rule with God. So quite a change there. Uh, so interesting part of history. You may have questions about that. I still have questions about it. But what does it mean to you and I? Is it just history and that's it? Or does it, what does it mean? What does it mean to you? What does it mean to me? From Jacob to Israel. From a supplanter, a deceiver, a liar to a prince. That's what he did. Uh, so God changed his name, and God is the only one who can make this change from a liar, supplanter, deceiver to a prince. Made us as princes. And he's the only one that can do this. Uh, well, I mean, has your name been changed? And we're, no, we're talking about more than a name. He was a liar, a supplanter, a deceiver. He could have said when his father asked him, well, who are you? He could have said, well, I am Jacob, but the Lord said that the elder shall rule, uh, the elder shall serve the younger. That's the word of God. He didn't say the word of God. He says, well, I'm Esau. So he was a supplanter, a liar, a deceiver. But the Lord said, no more. No more you're going to be a liar, supplanter, a deceiver. You'll be a prince. That's a big change. So has he made a big change in you or I? Uh... Do you feel a need? Was there a need in who you were? We can use the word name if we want, but in who you were, was there a need for a change? Isaiah chapter 64, very familiar, but actually I'd like to go ahead and look at it. Isaiah chapter 64. This tells me that there was a need for me. Isaiah 64 and 6. 
But we are all, and that we would include you and I. But we are all as an unclean thing. And all of our righteousness are filthy rags. And we do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. That's what you were. Jacob, if you want to say it. A liar, deceiver, supplanter. This says we're all as an unclean thing. That's, that was your name. We say that was your name. That was our name. We were all as an unclean thing. And all of our righteousness, filthy rags. That's, that's the best we had is what we were. So is there need for change? And certainly there was. But uh, how can? How can an unclean thing? Now, we know God just, for, for, to change it from Jacob to Esau, he said, you're, you're no longer going to be a supplanter, a liar, a deceiver. Jacob, uh, <laughs> uh, Israel shall be your name. So what has he said about us? We're, we're all an unclean thing. That's... That's not a good position to be in either. So how does he change who you are, who you were, who I was? How does he, how does he change? We're an unclean thing. Back in Exodus 34, and I know we look at this and talk about this a lot. I'd like to, to look at it again this evening. Uh, Exodus chapter 34 Uh, let's see, 34 and 19. All that openeth the womb is mine. This is the Lord saying this. And every firstling among the cattle, whether ox or sheep, that is male. So he said, that's, that is mine. That was to be sacrificed unto the Lord. And then, uh, in verse 20, But the firstling of an ass, or the firstling of an unclean thing, thou shalt redeem with a lamb. And if thou redeem him not, then thou shalt break his neck. All the firstborn of thy sons thou shalt redeem, and none shall appear before me empty. So what he's saying here, he says, the unclean things. And we know that we, that's what we are, what we were. Isaiah said, we're always an unclean thing. I know people want to, well, I know people say and do and want a lot of things. But Isaiah says, we're always an unclean thing. And all of your righteousness is as filthy rags. A lot of people don't want to hear that. A lot of people don't believe that. I've told you a story before about the lady that I was talking to one time. She said, oh, I'm above reproof. She didn't see herself in the category where Isaiah put us. We're all an unclean thing. Or we could say we were all Jacob's deceiver, 
liars, supplanters. So here it says that uh, uh, the unclean thing was fit for what? Destruction, break his neck. That's what it's fit for, break his neck. Unless the owner or the master makes a change. He's an unclean thing. We know what it's fit for. It's fit for destruction. But the master makes the decision, makes the choice. And if he wants to change that from unclean thing to a clean thing, as we can read about when Peter, remember when all the animals were let down to Peter when he's on the rooftop? And he said, Peter said, oh, I haven't eaten anything, like, anything unclean. He said, don't you call anything unclean that I've made clean. Well, let me tell you something. The Lord's unclean people that he's chosen, he makes clean. We can't. We're all an unclean thing. We were all Jacob's. And Jacob couldn't change. But here it says the, uh, the uh, had to be redeemed. If the owner wanted to, he could redeem it. He could change that unclean thing, and he could redeem it with a lamb. And I started to talk about redemption tonight, and kind of got on a, a little different message than that. But redeemed. How are we redeemed? I know the world has a lot of things to say. How we're, how we're, we know he changed from Jacob to Israel. Well, how did he change you from an unclean thing to a clean thing? Well, he calls me to turn over a new leaf. Hell and I talk about that a lot through the years. There was an individual uh, that her and I talked about. He said, the only thing about that leaf, just as dirty on one side as it is the other side. Turn over a new leaf. Or I do all these different things. That's how, that's how we're redeemed from this unclean thing. To a clean thing. No, not at all. So in 1 Peter, again, very familiar, but I love reading. I hope you do as well. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 1 tells us, and this is so wonderful. It tells us how we're not and how we are redeemed. 1 Peter 1 and verse uh, 18 for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your father. So he says, you're, this is, you're not redeemed this way. Your name's not changed from Jacob to Israel this way. You're not changed from an unclean thing to a clean thing this way. You're not redeemed this way. You're not redeemed uh, with, with gold and silver from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. And I see two things in that. Uh, one we talked about, that uh, the Lord told them under the, under the Mosaic law, it was all type and shadows. He said, when you're a certain age, you give a half shekel of silver as an atonement for your soul. I mean, that's, that's pretty strong words. But did that silver really atone for their souls? That silver was used in the building uh, of the uh, tabernacle in the wilderness, as, as, along with other building materials. But when they saw these, these boards and sockets covered with silver, what did, he, what did an Israelite think? That's atonement money. 
we give, the Lord told us, give atonement or give uh, silver as atonement for our souls. So that's what they saw in the tabernacle in the wilderness. We know all that is type and shadows of Jesus Christ. He's atonement for our souls. But we don't want to get confused here. Now here we see uh, a change from Old Testament times to New Testament times. Many of them in Old Testament times still thought, or even in New Testament times. Oh, we still give us half shekel silver. That's atonement for our souls. And it says, not redeemed with silver and gold from your vain uh, conversation received by tradition from your fathers. And that's what the fathers had passed down, the law of Moses. And that's, they, they thought this is atonement for my soul. And that's what the Lord said. I realize that. But all that's type and shadows of Jesus Christ. Uh, so we may look at this silver and gold in, in another way for redemption. If they had, we talked about this when we talk about the Jubilee, which I love talking and thinking about the Jubilee. But if someone becomes uh, poor, something happens, and they don't have means to feed their self or their family, they can sell their self into almost like slavery, whether it be to a foreign, it can be to a foreigner, or it can be to an Israelite. And they, they can sell themselves, but now on the, on the day of Jubilee, they're going to be freed from that. But they can sell themselves uh, for, and they would, would uh, I guess, negotiate on how many years was left to the Jubilee, and then they'd come up with a price, how much you're worth. But, in that period of time before then and the, and the Jubilee, which is, a, again, a wonderful, wonderful thing, if they had a kinsman that had the money, then they could redeem them. The, a kinsman could say, okay, how many years here did they, uh, did they have left or whatever? And a kinsman can go pay the price to redeem. And we talk about kinsman redeemer, which certainly is our Lord. But this is saying... What Peter's saying here is not by a kinsman, uh, kinsman redeemer for literal gold and silver redeeming you. It's not that money that they gave as atonement, that silver, to go to the tabernacle. That really, that's not what atoned your soul. It's not really. I know you received that through the law by tradition from your fathers, but Peter says that's not the way. You're not redeemed that way. And then he tells us very clearly. So let me say your, your name. You're not, you're not changed from an unclean thing to a clean thing by the traditions that was taught, passed down through the law of Moses and so forth. Not, not redeemed that way, not made clean that way. He says in verse 19, But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world and was manifest in these last times for you. So, Jacob was a supplanter. He changed him to a prince. We were as an unclean thing and we were redeemed and made clean by the precious blood of Christ. 
in uh, Romans chapter 12, again, to see what we were and what we are and, and, what, and who made the change is a, uh, is a great thing and, and for us to understand that we need to understand. Romans uh, chapter 5. So we're, we're looking at this change. Uh, Jacob to Israel. I don't know how many times I said from Jacob to Esau, but forgive me, I didn't mean that. I'm sure I said it a lot. But from Jacob uh, to Israel, he changed it. And changed what he was. And he changed us from what we were. As an unclean thing. And we're deemed with the precious blood of Christ. So Romans chapter uh, 5. So we're, we're looking at this, this change. Romans 5 and 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world. That's Adam. And death by sin. So death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. There again, that puts you in the category, we're all was an unclean thing. We're all sinners through Adam. That's, that's where we were. And we couldn't do a thing about it. But has he changed you from the Jacob to Israel? From a liar and a supplanter uh, to a prince and sets you in heavenly places. So, uh, so we see that in verse uh, 12, uh, where we were. Terrible position. Sinners in Adam. Death reigned upon all men for all sinned. That's where we are, where we were, where we would have stayed. And in verse 19, so we're looking to change. Verse 19 for as by one man disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. So we were sinners in Adam. Supplanters, deceivers, liars. He said, well, I, I wasn't a... Boy, I'll tell this story and I'll probably get myself off track. Talking to an individual one time... And uh, he was talking about everything, you know, earthly. And, and I said, well, it says a liar should not enter in the kingdom of heaven. And I said, tell me one person that's never told a lie. And I thought, well, that kind of ended that uh, conversation on that part. So later he says, well, I can tell you one person that's never told a lie. I thought he'd say, well, Jesus Christ. But he didn't say that. He said, my wife. <laughs> and I said, well, how would you know that? Because she told me. I said, oh, okay, I guess that, guess that settles things. But... Uh, as many, as by one man disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Uh, so, I was once a liar. What is a liar? A liar is he that denies that Jesus is the Christ. So back, whenever I was looking to the law of Moses, 
as the way. I was denying that Jesus was the Christ, that Jesus was Messiah, that Jesus was going to be my Savior. I was a liar. But he changed me from that. By God's grace and his mercy, he changed me from that. So God's the only one that can make this, this, this change. Uh, so let's look at some more before and after. When we were uh, Jacob, and he changed us to Israel, in Romans chapter 3. And I know that's very dear to many of us here. Romans chapter 3. And verse 9, what then? Are we better than they? No, and no ways. For we have before proved that both Jews and Greeks, that they're all under sin. We read that, didn't we? They're all under sin. We're all unclean. As is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. And, and don't be tempted to say, well, I seek after God. Well, this says we don't. Now, if you seek after God, it's because God is making you seek after him. So it doesn't stop with here. It, and what it says is true. There's none that seeketh after God. That, that is a, a, a true statement. Uh, there's none righteous. No, not one. So now if you seek after God, it's because he's changed you. From Jacob to Israel. From an unclean thing to a clean thing. And because of that, then we seek after God. But it's because what he has done, not what, not what we do. Um, <clears throat> so this says there's not one righteous, no uh, not one, and none that seek it. None, none righteous. No, not one. So again, what, what category does that put us in? Liar, supplanter, deceiver, unclean thing. That's where we were. And only he could change that. First uh, Corinthians chapter 1. We were all as an unclean thing. There were none righteous. 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 30. So how are we, we see Jacob, he changed his name from, God changed him from Jacob to uh, Israel. But how do we get changed uh, from unrighteousness to righteousness? So 1 Corinthians 1 and 30. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who God has made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Christ has made unto us righteousness. There's not one, not one of us is righteous. But Christ has made unto us righteousness. And in the uh, uh, fourth chapter of Romans, we'll go back there real quick. Uh, Romans chapter 4. In verse 6, even as David also described the blessedness of the man to whom God imputes righteousness apart from works. 
You know almost the whole world believes that your righteousness is a result of your works. You're accepting, you're praying through, you're turning over a new leaf, you're doing the best you can keeping the law of Moses. Most of the world believes that. But that's not according to the scriptures. Even as David also described the blessedness of the man to whom God imputes righteousness apart from works, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. So he has taken away our sins. He has covered our sin. Our righteousness is in him. So there's, there's a change. A change from none righteous to he has made us righteous. And there's no other way. There's no other way. So I hope we see, you can see that he's made a change in you from a liar, supplanter, deceiver. And don't you see that? You, you read that in tracts. You see that on television. You hear it sometimes when you talk to people that they, they point you to something else other than Jesus Christ. They're a deceiver. A liar, denying that Jesus is the Christ. This is the way to heaven. This is your righteousness. Deceivers and liars. Uh, well, Ephesians chapter 2, we'll go there for a moment. And the thought that the Lord, now we are not the only true church. I've never believed that, never thought that. But I know we are one. And to think that the Lord could take, would take a little group of people like this, and we go back, and, and many of you know the history, that he would give this to us, that we realize it's not our righteousness, it's his. We had one of our members one time, been several years ago, someone asked him, is your church fun? And thinking on that, well, you're told you're filthy rags, <laughs> you're a liar, you're a supplanter, you're a grasshopper, you're an unclean thing. I was that fun? Well, it's fun when you see the answer to it, that he changes from all that. So, is our church fun? Oh, whenever I hear, we talked about his promise this morning. Whenever I hear about his promises, he'll not break his promises, that's fun. Know that I have eternal life. There's no doubts. I've told you this story as well. A lady that lives not too far from here and builds some building for the, the family. And uh, we'd talk, she'd come out there early every morning before the rest of the crew got there, and we'd talk and talk about scriptures. And she says, well, it used to, I never doubted my salvation. But now I do. See, he, by God's grace, he's brought you from that. You don't have to doubt your salvation. My answer to her was, well, the only, reason you would, only one reason you would doubt your salvation, she had a whole list of reasons why she would doubt her salvation. But they all was looking at her and what she did or didn't or could or couldn't do. And I said, only one reason. She was surprised because she had a whole list of reasons why she doubted her salvation. I said, only one reason. 
Because you're not looking to Christ for your salvation, you're looking to yourself. But yet, he's revealed that to a little group of people here and others, others in the world too. But he's revealed that to you. Your salvation is 100% through the Lord Jesus Christ. God the Father choosing you, giving you to Christ and his completed work on the cross and his resurrection. Uh, Ephesians 2 and uh, so again he changed us. He moved us. He changed us. <clears throat> Ephesians 2 and 1 and you hath he made alive or quickened who were dead in trespass and sins in which in times past walked according to the course of this world according to the prince and power of the air the spirit that now worketh in the sons of disobedience. Yeah, I walked in that. I walked in that. I, I, again, I, how did I walk in? Well, I just, everybody talked about the law of Moses and the Ten Commandments and, and, and this is the way. That's what I thought too. But that's, isn't that the power of Satan? I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I, I, I. So I walked in that. Which in times past you waltz according to the <clears throat> course of the world, according to the prince and power of the air. So the things I hear on television, I walked in that. Now I wasn't <clears throat> of the age. I was going out and preaching this to them. But yet I walked in it. Uh, and then verse 3. Among whom also we all had our manner of life or conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Now, you weren't the children of wrath, but by nature couldn't tell you apart. When we're out there looking to ourselves, couldn't tell us apart from the religious world. But that's, that's our Jacob. And then in verse 4, we'll see the uh, Israel, the clean person. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath made us alive together with Christ. By grace are you saved. How are you saved? By grace. How are you changed from unclean to clean inside of God? By grace. How are you changed from Jacob to Israel? By the grace of God. Not by our works, not by our obedience. Not by our study, and, and I believe in studying, which you all should. But that, that's not how we're changed. So I hope we can see, uh, I guess, two things. Need to be changed from Jacob to Israel. From an unclean thing to, in the sight of God, a clean thing. So I hope we all see that that's, we were all an unclean thing. All of our righteousness, filthy rag. I hope we see that. 
And I hope we can see only God, only our Lord can change that. So where does that put us? In the mindset of thanksgiving. We're on the receiving end of his grace and mercy. So thanksgiving, that's, that's all we have. And we give that even of what? Uh, uh, David said, you know, we offer all these great offerings and everything. And, and, and who, am, who am I and, and who are my people that we can offer up this great offering to you? Because we've only given to you what is yours. So by God's grace, he's changed us from a liar and supplanter to glorifying his name and giving him thanks and praise. But we're only, only giving his what is already his. And may the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We're dismissed.